Welcome to another edition of SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. I'm Max Starks, and of course, he's Clint Sterner. And uh, today's episode, you know, I think uh, I think we have to kind of lick our wounds a little bit, Clint. I think we need to <laughs> we need to regroup, we need to circle the wagons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> come to a kumbaya moment. Probably hold virtual hands. Um, I know a lot of beverages were, were, were drank, not in happiness, uh, on Saturday night <laughs> between the Razorback faithful and, of course, my Fighting Gator alumni. Um, man, where do we start? Let, let, let's start. Yours was the early game. Yours was the ESPN College game day game. And for as the best of times leading up to this game, to the worst of times yeah. in that game, and, of course, a guy by the name of Stetson Bennett at the helm, not even JT Daniels. I mean – where do we start here, man? I mean, we knew that Georgia defense was good, but 37-point shutout good? Yeah, look, I mean, I think the jury was still out on, on was the Clemson game for real? You know, what what was Clemson? You know, we know that who they were coming into the season, but now that we saw them for a month, who were they? What did that game really mean? And um, I think the jury was still out on exactly how good Georgia was, man. And I tell you what, um, I think they answered that question pretty quickly in that in that football game. I mean, that was total dominance on both sides of the football. There's no other way to slice it. The the Arkansas Razorbacks were overwhelmed uh, having to play on the road in that environment in Athens. Um, hats off to Georgia, man. I mean, on both sides of the football, um, they just dominated the line of scrimmage and and everything else was was icing on the cake. I mean, their quarterback threw it 11 times. 11 times Stetson Bennett threw it. I don't know that he had to throw it that many times, to be completely honest with you. I believe they ran it 56 times. Um, just just an absolute annihilation uh, of the Arkansas Razorbacks by the Georgia Bulldogs. And, um, you know, look, I walked away from it. I, I believe that Georgia is closer to the number one team in the country than the number four team in the country. And I'm not sure that Arkansas is, is a top ten team in the country at that point in time after what we watched on Saturday. Yeah, man. I mean, we already knew that, right, that Arkansas was coming in. They had their one trick, and it was a really good trick. Yeah. But we were looking for that second act, right? We're looking for that follow-up. How could K.J. Jefferson kind of mold himself into being that play-action game-managing yeah. quarterback? And we just didn't see those opportunities. Um, you know, it gave three sacks in that game that were, you know, at big moments. And, and yeah, you're right. That, that Georgia D-line – Looks for real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, across the board, it was one that was tough. And it, it's like they took Sam Pittman's playbook and added it to their offense for that game <laughs> with the way that they ran the football, right? Yeah. I mean, 56 times, four different guys got double-digit touches in that game. I mean, it was it was one that was tough to watch. And I, and I know you didn't and I didn't because we both were picking Arkansas with those points. We're like, yeah, we'll take the points on that. Easy, easy, yeah. lemon, squeezy. Um, but I was, I was not prepared for that. I really thought that Arkansas well, was going, you know, was going to do something a little bit more to keep it closer. Yeah. Look, I think we all did Max, but, but here's the deal is, I mean, Arkansas, we've said this from the jump, they're, they're very one dimensional, right? And if any team in the country can stop their run, then they're going to be a very average football team. And, and I think that's ultimately, I know there's a lot more pieces to the puzzle than that, but ultimately that's what we watched, man. We watched a team that could stop them. Uh, in the run game, force them into third and longs, force them into second and longs and, and obvious passing situations. 
And then it's a matter of, of you know, can you protect the quarterback? And Georgia just Georgia just unleashed the hounds, no pun intended, when that when that happened. And so, um, you know, I think Arkansas was exposed a little bit. Really, I think Arkansas was exposed on both sides of the football. Uh, you know, with their with their three down line that's caused havoc. Uh, you know, uh, the entire season um, literally got ran through by the Georgia Bulldogs, and Barry Odom didn't adjust. Um, you know, I think that was probably by design because you, you at that point in time you can't just give them one play drive. You got to continue to make them earn it. Uh, but when it's all said and done, Arkansas was just outmatched in a major, major way. On top of it, they were overwhelmed in a major, major way, and they gave up way too many pre-snap penalties. They started behind the chains way too often. And you know, Max, I mean, when you're playing a team like that, it doesn't matter if you're the same caliber team or not. When you start behind the chains and you give them you give them yardage, you know, in, in, the, in the penalty game, it's damn near impossible to beat them. So, yeah, man, it was a big-time wake-up call for my hogs, no doubt about it. Uh, but, but I tell you what, I, I'm a believer in Georgia now, not because they beat the brakes off of my hogs, but when you dominate a football team, that the, a power five football team that's won some, some nice games this year, when you dominate them for four quarters the way Georgia dominated Arkansas, man, there, there's no faking that right there. That, that's a, that's a big-time team and a college, football caliber, a college football playoff caliber team, obviously. It's hard for me to think they're not the number one team in the country right now, but but they're sitting at two. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, they 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 they, they strut it, they 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 flap their wings, whatever you want to call <laughs> for showmanship. They did that. Yeah, and they did it on the big stage. All right, let's turn the page. Let me get my tissues. I, I think we were text- <laughs> texting Saturday night. I, like, I sent you the tissue box. I was like, nah, pass it back, pass it back. I <laughs> box because. I mean, my Florida Gators go up, go up to Lexington, think that, you know, we felt good about this game. And then, yeah, we let Kentucky just dominate us. I mean, the first quarter looked good. I mean, you know, it was, it was a very tough battle. I knew it was going to be tough. We edge it out at the end of the first half. And then, I mean, essentially get shut out uh, in that second half. And, you know, at the end of the game, when you have a moment to tie it, you have that moment. Nobody can count to three on the offensive line. <laughs> Nobody. And then yeah. Malik Davis forgot how to count to three uh, on, on, on that swing pass. <clears throat> Penalties, conservative play, calling by, by Dan Mullen. Misuse of Anthony Richardson when he did come in the game. Just problem after problem after problem, right? You know, it just w- seemed to be yeah. a snowball. And, you know, Mark Stoops, listen, we knew this was a good team. This was the year we said Kentucky is going to announce themselves as a t- upper tier team in the SEC, especially in the East. And I think you and I both had them pegged as the second best team in the East. No question. And, you know, Florida kind of gave us some rise, gave us some push to make us think about it, right? The Alabama game, you lose by two. You, you really go to the woodshed. And then you dominate Tennessee in the second half of that game. Then you get to Kentucky where it's like, okay, show us that it's going to be a battle against Georgia. Show us what you got offensively. Show us what you have defensively. And they fell flat on their face. Both shoes tied together trying to run a race. (laughs) That's what happened in that moment. And, you know, it's frustrating, right? Because if you get in any tiebreaker situations, Kentucky has you beat. Yeah. Because of head up. 
You know, there's no common opponent in the West that you're going to compare it against. They beat you head to head. So you have to hope that Kentucky stubs their toe three times before you even get a shot anymore. And it's a frustrating thing to see because there was that upward trajectory. And then you kind of just boom, you know, Emory Jones, there's only so much he could do. Right. I mean, but at the end of the day, not being able to stay on signs really cost, especially in the red zone. That was two drives in a row, Clint, where these boys jumped off yeah. sides inside the 20. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, this is a moment where you can capture it and you, you don't take advantage of it. So it was very frustrating by me um, to watch it. What, what are your thoughts about that game? Well, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really hammer down on that game until the end when you're talking about. It. So I know, I know when they had the, the opportunities uh, to win that ball game and, and didn't didn't handle their business or at least tie the ball game up, right? We're sitting there going, man, if you go for two, if you score here, you know, what do you do? And then, hell, they didn't even get in the end zone. Um, you know, the crazy thing for me, and I, I mean, I was interested in hearing your opinion on it, is I expected to look at this box score and see a very one-dimensional game, a very one-dimensional Florida football team that uh, was, 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 you know, obviously a run-heavy football team. And Mark Stoops, who's a great defensive mind, uh, I was expecting to see that that kind of game. And I look up the box scores, and, I mean, Emory Jones threw for 200-plus yards. They rushed for 170 yards. And I thought, well, damn, Kentucky must have done something big time. I look over there, and Will, Will Levis has thrown for 87 yards. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Seven of 17 for 87 yards. I start racking my brain. I got to talk to Max about this. How in the hell did Florida not do work versus Kentucky when that's what the box score looks like? I mean, and that's the thing. I think missed opportunities, right? You know, you look at the, the pick by Emory, um, you know, in the game. That was short fields and comes down. Eight false start penalties, Clint. Eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can't win when you have that many false starts. And where most of them were concentrated, red zone. Yeah. First in goals turning into first and 23s, Right. You can't have that type of mistake. I don't care how big the stadium is. You know, right. <laughs> you have to lock you have to lock in at that moment. And I get, listen, <clears throat> I get the whole hand clap type of cadence. But at some point, if you know that's not working and guys are jumping off sides, you might need to go back to a head bob. Right. That's right. That's why the pros do it. You don't see any pro quarterbacks in the league doing clapping hands. And in fact, they have the guard doing it so the center can keep his head up and see all the movement pre-snap. Like, why is it a clap thing in college and not a head bob thing? Do they feel they can't handle it? Because yeah. I think in a loud stadium, no matter what, if people are in the crowds clapping their hands, how you going to know that's Emory's hand clap versus right. you know, a fan in the, you know, a guy in the first right. row in the, you know, behind the goalpost clapping? So, so I have my frustrations with, like, from a technical standpoint. But, like you said, to see the balance between – and they held Chris Rodriguez under 100 yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's supposed to be yeah. a dub. That's supposed That's to be it. a dub in that moment. And you come away with a, a seven-point loss. Yeah. 13 to 20. Anthony Richardson, he came in, he went one for one, had a couple of rushes. I didn't really like the way that they – worked him into the flow of the game. Um, I mean, and especially Emory, you know, I get <clears throat> trying to get him some reps, but it was one of those things that just, it just felt disjointed. They never felt like they were in flow. And then you, as you know, penalties just kill any momentum you have in an away stadium. 
Yeah, and, and the, the field goal block for a touchdown obviously is the difference in the game. I mean, special teams touchdowns, yeah. penalties. Um, that, that's that's the way of, you can overcome a lopsided back, uh, box score. Uh, that's for damn sure. This was disappointing to me. I mean, no, I mean, I say disappointing, man. Look, I, I think I think Mark Stoops has got a really, really good football team. I, I think they Kentucky's allowed him the time to build that thing the way that he wants to. I think he's built it with a sense of urgency and a standpoint of going through different offensive coordinators to find the right mix for him over the years. Uh, he's wasted no time. I mean, he just he gets an air raid guy in there. It doesn't work. Boom, get out. He gets another pro style guy. Get, get in there. Boom, get out. Now he's got a a cutting edge NFL guy uh, that come out that came out of, of one of the one of the better organizations offensively in the NFL, and, and he, he seems to to have found maybe the right recipe. But um, I, I just I thought Florida was a was a you know uh, I guess I thought they were a better football team to lose a game when the box scores look like this. I mean, it, it just seems like they make enough plays, have enough athletes uh, to score enough points to get beyond the Kentucky Wildcats when, like you said, Will Levis doesn't have 100 yards passing. Uh, Rodriguez doesn't have 100 yards rushing. Um, interesting game, man, but that's why they got – that's why they play them, right? My, my, the Kentucky yeah. Wildcats – the Kentucky Wildcats are the sleepers in the East, and now they've got a chance to really make some noise moving forward. Yep, your dark horse is still alive uh, if, you, if you're keeping <laughs> it – keeping it in the survivor pool territory. All right, before we move on to the next topic here on SEC Primetime, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at BetRivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with BetRivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Play Instant Approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With football season kicking off, Get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Let's turn the page from, from our big losses. Let, let's, let's move to the next phase. And I think, you know, when you look at this, I think the only other game to talk about is Bama Ole Miss. I mean, Lane Kiffin, the chompers were going. That's right. <laughs> game day early. Remember that? And him talking about grab your popcorn and watch this pregame, drop the mic. And nobody told him that uh, you needed to bring your big boy britches. I mean, that was domination from the moment go. Nick Saban wanted – you could tell Nick Saban wanted this game. <laughs> like, yeah. of all the games Nick Saban <laughs> had circled on, on, that, on that schedule this year. Yeah. Ole Miss. Good old Laney boy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, right. Lane, remember I came and brought you into my office and had you revolutionize our offense? <laughs> well, we're, we're, about to, we're about to turn that offense on, on, on you. We're about to unleash it. And boy, oh boy, did they. I mean, man, it was something that they just kept it going. And I mean, Lane, Lane looked shell-shocked. Like, he didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. you know, Max, this is an interesting one for me, man. And, and this always frustrates me when I watch NFL games. It's like if when teams are opposite, when they're across the field from Pat Mahomes, you see teams, because it's the Kansas City Chiefs and they're so powerful, you see teams all of a sudden going forward on fourth down when they're in field goal range and walking away from red zone possessions with no points. I mean, I, I cover the Texans, and they did that this weekend. They, they went forward on fourth down 
inside the 10-yard line, didn't get it. And the coach said, well, when you play Buffalo and Josh Allen, they score a lot of points, man. You got to get seven. You can't take three. And, and to me, that's just a – that just screams weakness. I mean, that like when the opponent takes you out of your game plan before a point is ever scored on the scoreboard, it, it's to me it screams weakness. I hate when football teams do that. You go back and look at what Ole Miss did. And, look, I know they're a football team that – that coming into this game, hell, I think they were, I think they were hundred percent on fourth down. They they went for it on fourth down a lot this year. And I understand that. They went for it on fourth down three times in the first drive, their first possession. And here's the deal, Max. The first one I can get down with because it's from the 35-yard line. Yeah. Okay. No man's land. You're all in field goal range, college, that's a long field goal. Okay, you want to be aggressive, cool. And then you turn around and go for it on the 18-yard line. Uh, you, got a, you got three points right there, early lead on Bama. They get it. They got lucky. Then they yeah. decide to go for it, do it again in the same drive from the six-yard line. So you have a hell of a drive to get down there, and you don't get the third, fourth down attempt. And what does Bama do? Boom, 95 yards the other direction for a touchdown, <laughs> Right. They exactly. turned it over. They turned it over on downs three times in the first half, and a, and and uh, on a on a turnover one time late in the first half, and Alabama's up twenty eight zip. You know, those are just the kind of things that, man. I, I I guess it's easy for me to say it sitting sitting right here, but man, when that when the opponent can take you out of your game plan and put and make you make you. Um, do do you know attempt low percentage things consistently in drives the first time you touch the ball they got you right where you want them man right where they want you well and i think here's the thing you know lane and he tried to defend this right he goes by the analytics right he's pure analytics no feel analytics and as a guy who's called his games and seen it firsthand i'm like yeah, he, he has he has a guy holding a book with on the sidelines. And when you get to these third and fourth down scenarios, the guy opens the book and Lane reads the book. As yeah, though he's reading Sunday paper. Exactly. So so I don't get, you know, why you can be so crippled by these data points as opposed to feel of the game, right? I yeah. mean, fourth down from the six, take the points. You're in a away game. Like, that's where the coaching IQ needs to kick in as opposed to being so reliant upon data points. We, we, we t- I talk about this a lot, Max. I'd be interested to hear what you're saying. Like, the, the value the value in taking three points in that, in that instance right there, it's so much that, – at that point in the game, it's so much more valuable than just three points. To, to me, I mean, as a former player, when I'm sitting there and, and we go into Alabama, and you go on this drive, and you get three points, and you go to the sideline as an offense, and you go, boys, with the scoreboard. We're up three zip on Bama. We chewed up five, five, six minutes off the clock, however long <laughs> they chewed up. We got a three-point lead, right? And we've proven, hey, man, we can go the length of the field, and we can score points, and, and, and we can do some good things offensively. There's more value in that than three points. The confidence that you build, the momentum that you gain, it, I don't know how much more valuable it is than three points, but damn it, it's worth more than three points, right? Well, yeah, and then no. on, on the on the flip side yeah. of that, Big Max, you do all that work and walk away with nothing. 
I mean, it's just a uh, damn. I hate when, I hate when teams do that. Yeah, because here's the thing: you march down first drive of the game, and you put points on there. You've said to your offense, "Look what we can do." Defense, hey, balls in your court. We did our job. We hey, we just gave us the lead. Make sure we maintain that lead. That's what That's you're right. saying. As opposed to going down there and saying, well, need the ball back, guys. It's the only way we're yeah. going to get this. And you already cheated death once with a fourth down conversion earlier in the drive. <laughs> twice. Right? Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twice in that drive, you cheat death. Why are you risking it a third time on the same drive that close when you have guaranteed points? And what does that say to your kicker? I don't trust you to kick yeah. it from the six. So now you're messing with you're messing with the special teamers. And we all know how fragile that mind can be, right? That's like a bag of cats. All you need to do is just poke <laughs> it and then it goes crazy. That's what you've done to your kicker by going for it on fourth down three times in a row where you didn't trust him. I get the first time, right? 35, no man's land. Get it. But once you get into that high red zone and you get to the tight red zone, if you don't have confidence in him, <clears throat> what are we doing here? You know, wh why are you going to depend on him later in the game if you couldn't trust him early in the game? And like you said, that psychological advantage is you can't quantify it. So, no, it was just, I mean, and Bama did Bama. I mean, let's just face it. Bryce Young did what Bryce Young needed to do. Uh, Bill O'Brien still looks like a darling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's at the helm, right? You know, he he's a good dad. I mean, think about this. Bryce Young went 21 of 27, 241, two Ds. Yeah, he had the interception. But, I mean, what else are you going to ask the boy to do? I mean, he, he did what he needed to do. He put the ball in the playmaker's yeah. hands. Brian Robinson went absolutely roughshod across that defense. 36 carries. <laughs> I mean, Golly. I mean, yeah. I mean, but, but Max, I don't mean to beat this dead horse with this going forward on fourth down crap, but they went forward on fourth down five times in, in the, in the first half, they turned the football over on downs one, two, three times, I believe. Yeah. Three turnovers. On yeah. Down. Three turnovers on down. Guess what? They here's, here is Alabama's scoring drives, right? They went, yeah. they went 13 plays, 94 yards after you should have kicked the field goal. Then they went 10 plays, 47 yards. You gave it to them. You turned it over on downs. You gave it to them on their side of the field this time. And then you turn it over on downs, and you give it to them on, on their side of the football field again, and they have to go 27 yards to score a touchdown. I mean, you take your analytics and shove them all up in your ass. I, I, I mean, I, I, look, I don't know you. There's one way I know you're going to get beat by Alabama is you turn it over on downs three times in the first half and you give them short fields three of their five drives. You don't have a chance. I just – I hate to see teams just completely, you know, lose their identity and take all that kind of risk before the scoreboard says that you should do that. Hey, in the second half, you're up – Alabama's up 35 nothing. Okay, you better start going for it and trying to make some things happen. Exactly. But 0-0 zero, zero in the first? No, nah, <laughs> man, I can't, I can't get down with that, Max. No, no, I, I, I don't rock with that either. I mean, and, and we saw what the result is. We see the result of when you do that. And I think that that's, that's, that, that's the Lane Kiffin curse, right? I think that's why you're yeah. like, when you, when you want to be good, how do you go from good to great? These moments. You don't yes, yeah, the legs. Yeah. 
That's right. <laughs> you, 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 know, you don't go for it five times in the first half on fourth down. Mm-mm. And then funny, in the second half, when you're down, how many times do you go for it on fourth down? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are down 35 points. That's when you start doing the fourth down efficiencies. You know, but yeah. But I yeah. digress. Anywho, I think I think we've blown the lid off of all the disappointing <laughs> losses of the week. We'll get into our conversation about our picks in a moment. But I just wanted to let you guys know about the Field of 12 Media, a brand new podcast and digital media network covering college football by the people that know it best. Brought to you by Shoot Your Shot Productions, the folks behind the Field of 68. The Field of 12 gives you insight into the game we all love by the people that have lived it. Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty over there in the Big 12. Josh Perry, Christian Hackenberg are covering the Big Ten. Yogi Roth and Ted Robinson own the Pac-12. We even have Harry Douglas and Cody Sensenball on the ACC side of things. And, of course, we'll be here every week to be your go-to source on the SEC. Check the links below to find the rest of our shows. The Field of 12, where college football happens. Let's go for headlines. What do you think? Actually, no, no, I'm not going to say it like that. What is the road for Georgia? Where is the resistance for Georgia until the SEC championship game? Well, it's Kentucky. I mean, it's 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 Kentucky all day long, right? Can Kentucky can can Kentucky stay on the field with them and make it a four quarter ball game and give themselves uh, give them a, a chance, give themselves a chance late? Can they get a special teams turnover? Right? Can they can they get a team? Can they force Georgia into the pre snap penalties that? Uh, that that they were able to to force, if you will, I guess those are unforced errors, but that they were able to get versus versus Florida. I, I think Kentucky is is the next matchup, and then beyond that, you know, you know that Florida's going to bring it. You, you know, you know Florida's going to bring it versus Georgia. You know that's going to be a good football team, good football game. You know Florida's got um, they got the dogs to match up a lot better than Arkansas did, and at least make that a, make make them be two dimensional. Um, make them play the run and the pass. I, I do think, even though at this point Florida has been very one-dimensional, I do think they're they're better in the pass game than, say, Arkansas and some of the other schools uh, that, that are one-dimensional in the country right now. But I, I think it's Kentucky. I think it's Florida. And then, obviously, they got the SEC championship with Bama, which I think they, they end up there playing playing the Crimson Tide. Yeah, no, I mean, and that, and that, that matchup against Kentucky coming in two weeks – uh, they do have they do have Auburn. Yeah, speed bump in the way, right? I don't know if it's necessarily <laughs> a fence, but it's a speed bump. You got to slow down a little bit, right? Go yeah. over that with caution, especially if you have a low profile vehicle. Um, but if you, <laughs> but they're they're they're, they're, rock, they're rocking dually tires, so they're just blowing through well, straight through it. <laughs> look, Max. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, I, look, I, I'm not going to bet on Auburn, but but let's be honest. They. They just won a hell of a football game in Death Valley at LSU. That was a hell of a football game. That was an admirable uh, performance by um, my man, my man Bo Nix, uh, that I've been hey, trying to bench. I've bell. been trying to bench. I've been trying to bench him for five <laughs> weeks now. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, he. But but more importantly, they went to Happy Valley. They went to Penn State. I, I think Penn State is the real deal, Holyfield this year. I, I think they're. I think they're a very, very, very good football team, um, and, and I'd love to see them in the college football playoffs. With that, Auburn went up there and went toe-to-toe with their boys. And I'm going to tell you, man, I don't know that Auburn's not going to give them a run for their money. 
I, I think Georgia's the better football team, obviously. I think Georgia has the ability to dominate and stop their run game. But I like Auburn's I like Auburn's ability to throw the football more so than I do Clemson or Arkansas. And that's the two big wins that we've seen Georgia have right now. Georgia's going to have to defend more of the field to stop Auburn, to stop Kentucky, to stop Florida than they've had to against any opponent to this point. So I think Georgia wins that ball game, but I do think Auburn puts up more of a fight than they're probably going to get credit for. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it too because, I mean, that was another game, right, that LSU game um, with them, everything that was going on with that against Auburn. Bo Nix really redeeming himself. I mean, the boy, the boy was tough as nails. I mean, come on, man. Cool. Hey, hey, to take all of that, to take the mental, the mental state of being benched in a game against Georgia State, and then to come back <laughs> against the LSU Tigers and say, oh, let me dust it. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Dust the shoulder off, <laughs> smack him in the mouth, and just not even flinch. That's that. That's a heck of a moment. I got. I got to give props to Bo Nix for answering the bell because I thought T.J. Finley was going to be in that game. I, I thought mean, he was a starter. I thought he was going to be in the game. I thought he made him a better football team. And, and I'm going to tell you, Bo Nix put the team on his back down the stretch and won that football game for his team. If if there were any doubts about who the dude was um, coming into that football game, I, I would. If I were Bo Nix right now. I would have kept quiet leading up to this ball game and handled my business. But if I'd have performed the way he did last week in those moments, I'd have to sit down with the coach this week and say, Hey yeah. man, Hey man, I, I mean, I, I, now I've earned it. You know, now, now I've put the <laughs> team on my back and I've gone and got a fourth quarter victory at night in death Valley when nobody thought we could do it. When I was doing a lot of it single-handedly running around back there, like a chick with my head cut off, making yeah. big time throws. Like, now's the time. This is my team, Coach. I mean, you do what you got to do, but I'm letting you know that I'm I, – I, where I stand is no more Mr. Nice Guy, no more splitting time. I mean, I this is my team. I feel like I've earned it. Yeah, exactly. Give me all them one reps. Give me all those. That's right. I mean, four yeah. and five, I'll take all of them. He, he, don't, he don't get those last two. When it's the That's five right. plays live action, I want all five, Coach. That's Give right. them to me. So, <laughs> that good right. on good section. So, I mean, and, and so when you look at that, I agree. It's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a better game uh, when they play each other. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Georgia, what they showed me last week, they're, they're, they're better equipped, but I still don't trust that pass game. When they actually get a team that can stop their run, that's where yeah. I worry. Because, like you said, Cincinnati only had to throw the ball 11 times, and that was a generous 11. 11. times. Oof. Imagine a team actually forces you not to rush the ball 56 times in a game. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I just don't know. And I don't know with Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, because I don't know if I trust any of those guys outside of the tight end for them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As an as a, as a actual threat to go deep, to go yard. So it's going to be interesting these next – Two weeks and then there's a bye and then they'll play Florida. That's 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 you're you're hitting the nail on the head, Max. I mean, they're obviously a great football team, and I do believe that George is closer to one they are for, but they've not faced a well-rounded offense that's two-dimensional. And, and and then when you look at defensively, they've not faced a defense yet. Well, I guess they did in Clemson. They they damn sure did in Arkansas that could stop the run and make them make them throw the football to win, to your point. And so they're, they're a great football team, and nobody in their right mind has them ranked outside the top two. 
But I do think there's some things that the jury's still out on. We just haven't seen them. Now, I think they can after what I watched, but we <laughs> haven't actually seen it on film enough to be convinced that they're that good. Uh, a two-dimensional offense versus this Georgia defense is something we've yet to see at this point, and I'll be anxious to see how they perform when that happens. Yeah, no, me, me, me too. It, it, and I think we might get a preview of that this weekend. Um, you know, obviously the other, other big matchup that's going to come up this week, I think we have to look at those. I mean, LSU-Kentucky, we kind of hinted at that. Kentucky needs to continue to roll. LSU, Edo. Hey, I'm Max. Light that Bunsen burner. <laughs> Max, I told you. Hey, I told yeah. you. Look, I ain't, I ain't right very often, damn it. But I told you, <laughs> the Kentucky game, the, after the Kentucky game, if they lose to Kentucky, Ed O's going to be on the hot seat. And it's going to be an open open door conversation. It ain't going to be whispers behind, behind closed doors. I think it's going to be all out in the public. If they lose this football game this week to Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats, which they probably will, you can you better believe that Ed Orgeron is going to be the topic of conversation in the SEC about being on that hot seat. Yeah, no question. Hey, listen, Clint, just always remember this: a broke clock is right twice a day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's who I'm competing with right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's who you compete with. Just go for three. That's all you need. Go for three. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the rest of the slate. Alabama, Texas A&M was that game at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But now you're getting a Texas A&M team that's unranked. You know, it's 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 go, it's going it's going to be a home game, so obviously the Texas faithful going to show up. All the Aggie fans, 12th man's going to be in the yeah. building. But you're going up against a 5 and 0 versus a 3 and 2. And the two losses, let's just face it, yeah, there's nothing to hang your hat on right now if, if you are Texas A&M. Uh, Bama, I think, probably sleepwalks through this one. Um, I, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a tough game because just what we saw when Arkansas exposed them, that's the same thing Bama's going to do, except for they're going to do it in the air and on the ground. They're going to hit you like, 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 like an army, you know, yeah. with an army on the ground, and then the Air Force is going to bomb you in the air. So you're getting a full attack. And yeah. I don't think that this game is going to live up to that hype that we were expecting it to be. And boy, what a shame, right? Haynes King is gone. Calzada looks lost. And yeah. now it's Bimbo. What are you doing? <laughs> Big Max, this, this A&M is the most disappointing team in the SEC uh, that, I, that I've watched in a very long time. Um, I mean, this is a football team that, that a lot of folks across the country had picked to, to, to be in the college football playoffs to go 12-0 and 0 in, in the SEC, win the SEC, and be in the college football playoffs. Um, this is a football team that is riddled with NFL-caliber players. This is a football team that on the defensive side of the football, depending on who you talk to, they had nine or 11 defensive starters returning, again, which several of them are NFL-caliber players. Um, this is a, a team that has recruited four and five stars since Jimbo got there, and Jimbo's had four years to develop guys and get him ready for this transition when he lost four offensive linemen and a starting quarterback. He's got, at the running back position, the wide receiver position, the tight end position, he's got guys that will be Sunday first and second round draft picks at every position. And they can't get any kind of production consistently out of their offense. And I'm going to tell you what, Big Max, 
I'm down here in Aggie country now. I hear a lot about this Calzada kid, and there's no doubt about it that the quarterback has left a lot on the table uh, game after game after game. But every damn time I watch him make a negative play, there's an offensive lineman on his ass seven yards deep in the backfield with him. And so at that moment in time, I go, no, man, we can't blame it on Zach Calzada. All right. Yeah. We can't talk about he can't stretch the field. He's there's throws open downfield that he's missing or he's not seeing or he's overthrowing. Until you stood back there and you've had linemen pushed back into your face or you've been hit left and right consistently, you don't know how difficult those kinds of throws are. I'm not saying the kid's great. I'm not saying the kid's a D1 quarterback. I'm not saying he's a power five quarterback, but I'm telling you, the ones to 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 question. In Alabama, I mean, I mean, at, at A&M right now is Jimbo Fisher from a development and a scheme standpoint on offense and Mike Elko, who's got a defense full of returning starters and NFL caliber players, and they can't – and they, they're getting ran through like shit through a goose. It, it, it's, it is absolutely embarrassing what A&M is putting on the football field. And, and Max, you know what's going to make this thing worse? You mark my word. What are, we, what are we, five games? What are they, two and three right now? Yeah, three and two. Three and two right now. You mark my word. By the time they go, that their, their record goes to a losing record, they're going to have NFL caliber players hanging them cleats up for the season. Mark my word. Hey, hey and, and, and that could be two weeks from now. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well – you know, I look at that, and, and you're right. I mean, it, it's it's disappointing. Uh, it, it is the biggest letdown, I think, in the SEC. Um, and, you know, the only one – I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Vanderbilt, we knew what they were. Ooh. Mississippi State, we knew who they were. So it's no wonder when they're down there. South Carolina, right? They had a grad assistant starting at some point. Yeah. But A&M? <laughs> And a top five preseason team. Yeah. The the absolute cliff drop that they had in the first quarter of this season is unheard of. And like you said, for Jimbo to get that extension, for this to be year four, which is that pivotal year for all coaches, right? Um, to put this product on the field, I need I, I need some of that money back. Listen, That's listen I need I need to put I mean, something back they- in my pocket. Think about what think about what's what they've done, though, Big Big Max. Like, like we're talking about 2021, man, where grad transfers are, are quarterbacks are, are I mean, Arkansas, Sam Pittman went in there and got Felipe Franks from Florida in one year, and the kids in playing with the Atlanta Falcons right now. I mean, exactly. how can you in 2021 have everything that Alabama gives? I mean, I can't say Alabama, the AM yeah. gives to a coach, all that talent around the guy, and you don't have a quarterback that can go out there and distribute the football. If you want to blame it on the quarterback. Now, I'm not one of those that jumps to yeah. that quarterback with all the problems around him. But if that is the case, I still want to go back to Jimbo and say, damn, man. I mean, these quarterbacks are transferring left and right. How in the hell do you not have one of them in here if that was your option? A, a sophomore quarterback that threw three picks against Kent State, he gets hurt, and now you got Zach Calzada. Who, who looks like he's overwhelmed in Kyle Field with a weaker opponent, much less on the road. How do, how does that, how do you get to that point? Don't don't bash Calzada. Let's let's ask the big man making all that bread up top what the hell's going on. 
Well, and think about this: all the transfer linemen that were out there. If you have, if you knew you had to replace four linemen, you're telling me that you couldn't find no good linemen to come in with starting experience? Because I'm looking over at Oklahoma; they got half the Tennessee offensive line starting for them. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just yeah. Duh! Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? Why couldn't you scoop one of them? You know, I mean, in that process, there's so many other guys, and you had, and this is the year of the super senior, right? You got six year guys who get That's the right. year and can transfer. There were so many options available, and this is what you put out here. So it's unacceptable. We're gonna keep talking about it because we're. I want to. I want to see if a Bunsen burner gets lit under him as well. Oh, um, that'd be an expensive one. <laughs> yeah, that's an expensive Bunsen burner. But listen, if you if you gonna put that out there, it's like cut your losses while you're ahead. That's uh, right. They can tank further. All right. We talked about it. Let's get down to the juice. We're gonna do our pick of the week. This is the last segment. You guys have got have got have squeezed all of the juice out of these oranges right now. So right now, last segment. It's our pick. It's, it's our pick'em segment. Brought to brought brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. You can get the app, iOS, Android. Go to betrivers.com uh, if you want to put your bets. But the game we got on the docket, LSU, Kentucky. Kentucky's giving away three, but you got – and then the total points are 50 and a half. What, what do you got? I, I, I mean, I know what I got because this, this team right here, just showed yeah. that I need to pick the other one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, 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 Big Mac, I, I'm going to ride with, with Kentucky, man. I'm a Mark Stoops guy. I still don't know what in the hell is going on at LSU. I know Max Johnson is is uh, really tearing it up. Him and, and, and Butte are, are a dangerous one-two punch. But outside of that, they're having to carry way too much of the load. They're putting way too much of the, of the responsibility on the quarterback. To, to, to just win every damn snap and and score on every drive to keep up. Um, I'm going with Kentucky. I believe Mark Stoops puts a, uh, a a really good game plan together versus an LSU football team, an LSU offense that that I, like I mean they're they're really one dimensional and, and very dependent on Max Johnson. I, I think Mark Stoops has a really good plan for them. They're at Kentucky. That place will be absolutely <laughs> rocking. And look, I, I think Kentucky rolls here, and and, and I like the under though. I, I like Kentucky minus three, and the under fifty and a hook. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to go lockstep with you. I feel the same way. Kentucky can make this dirty. You're a one-dimensional team, Max Johnson. I mean, you're throwing the ball forty plus times a game. You can barely get the rush off. Yeah, you're rushing at 25, 26 times a game, but they're bad rushes. I mean, an LSU team that can't run the football is a bad LSU team. Because that's the one thing we could – both when you played and when I played, the one thing you can hang your hat on is that LSU yeah. going to have great DBs and they were going to run the football. Those were religion. And that's now right. You, now, now, now you've lost your way. You're the wayward son right now if you can't rush the football <laughs> with all those guys. Um, so I like it as well. I think Kentucky's just one of those teams that's going to make it – he's going to muck it up. They're going to make it dirty. And they're going to grind this game. I think like with you, I think the under is appropriate here because their defense is good enough to keep it low. And then the offense, because they're so run heavy, they're going to keep it low because of chewing up time. So I like the under on this as well. I like Kentucky with the three points. And there we have it. Say la vie. 
<laughs> well, hey, Big Max, don't don't forget what UCLA was able to do opening week against LSU's defense. And Mark Stoops is going to play defense and he's going to run the football. So I would expect Kentucky to to run rough shot through through LSU's defense the way the way uh, other schools have. And uh, I would expect Mark Stoops to have a plan, baby. That that's that's I'm going to hang my hat on that and take it to the bank. Hopefully. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, we, we're going to cash these checks next week when we when we come back to another episode of SEC Primetime <laughs> because this has been we, – we've had our purging session. We've looked into the crystal ball, and we've also given you our genius content. So I don't know what else there's left to do but to say <laughs> goodbye to this episode. You know what I'm saying, Clint? I think That's right. Cut it off right there. So for Clint Sterner, I'm Max Starks, yeah. and you've been listening to another episode of SEC Primetime.